imagine sitting at banana jam and not having a beer it's never <laughs> happened to me before um and today i'm sitting upstairs at in the brewery banana jam must be the only pub with a brewery upstairs in the middle of a suburb yep. isn't it just amazing yeah it is very I? nice very nice uh, brew pub and greg and uh, sean have done very well it's uh, it's kind of like a a brewer's home from home i think so they've done uh, they've created a, a very uh, nice uh, epicenter to the community and they've got the history as well i suppose yeah. greg's been going for many many years so before i introduce trevor let let, uh, let me tell you who I, who my guest is <laughs> um yesterday i met with his royal highness prince of bavaria who's been brewing for 750 years and today i'm talking to trevor whose brewery is one year old yeah there's a bit of a difference i mean the prince hasn't been brewing himself for 700 sure years uh, no but his family has been brewing trevor welcome to the show trevor, thanks very much Holger. trevor is uh, the owner and hobby brewer at old potter's inn that's correct in yeah correct um so that we mean we were we were more or less a year old uh, today uh, or yesterday Easter. i suppose it depends uh, i don't know when you <laughs> say you started going out with your girlfriend yeah. or your wife i don't know what event uh, <laughs> you used to mark the beginning of uh, such a relationship but i think for every brewer the the kind of mo- moment of consummation is probably the when that license uh, arrives Jeez. on your desk so that was our big uh, big bang moment so to speak so and, a year uh, ago. and that was uh, a year ago yeah around and about. we must have met about a uh, in, about a year before that Holger no but I mean a year two ago two years before that a year ago we met in Cape Town it was around this time of the year and it was also a Thursday Thursday or what do you call it first Thursday, first Thursday yes and we had a few first Thursday few Thursdays yeah yeah <laughs> That must have been about a year ago. Yeah, so with, it all with, takes a long time. With Johannes from the Duchess. Because mm. um, he, he just launched then as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've done exceptionally well. They have done very well. Um, Trevor, your story. I mean, you're not a brewer. No, I'm... You uh, are a brewer now. I'm, I'm a sort of a brewer. I mean, yeah. I've, uh, I started off my home brewing career with, uh, with uh, under the, the tutelage of uh, Brendan Watcham from uh, Copper Lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of uh, stalked him on uh, social media <laughs> and at uh, beer festivals and eventually persuaded him to build me one of those gravity systems okay. built out of um, out of uh, unused uh, beer, well, abandoned beer kegs, yeah. which he kindly built for me and uh, showed me how to brew and uh, did a bit of reading. One of the first people I got equipment from was uh, that National Food uh, oh, Products in, the city, in, uh, green, yeah. uh, in uh, Greenside in, in Johannesburg. And, and, and I mean, interesting, they've been going for something like 30 years or 20 years, isn't long, it? Long, long time. They yeah. claimed, I mean, they were about the only game in town that I could in, find. In the country, there. I guess. Yeah, and in 2010, 2011, they were the only guys supplying that I knew of. I mean, yeah. I think... Uh, Vince LaRue started more or less around about uh, 20, yeah. 2009, 2010 and, and, uh, and Leon was always around in Johannesburg but, mm. but the only people I found on the internet were, were the national food uh, mm. products and ran quite a nice uh, shop in, uh, in, uh, in Greenside and it's now it's been taken over of course and, and run very, very successfully. Yeah, and, and just to draw the network, so Brendan claims that he used to install 
security yes. stuff. Yes, you used to weld uh, yeah. gates and uh, but at Bavaria Bra, you know that. In Hillbra? No, at Bavaria Bra at oh, the Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so that's my link with, <laughs> with, with Brendan. It's because I accused him of stealing Bavaria Bra kegs, which uh, obviously he bought at an auction. <laughs> <laughs> because I had I, I personally loaded all those kegs many, many times. Yeah. And uh, I, they felt quite familiar when I saw them <laughs> at his brewery. <laughs> no, so there are many was, interlinking uh, connections in the yeah, community I think it is and and the other two are obviously Andre from Woodstock there's a there's a was he at school with you? Yes, uh, Andre. So the, I'm in there about uh, three or four brewers from uh, my school. Okay. Uh, since since the not your brewing school. No, no, Saints. no. From Saints, Saints. there's uh, Trevor Marshkolk yeah. uh, in uh, in KZN and Old Thousand Quills. Uh, it's called a thousand. Or it used to be Hills. called Quills. Uh, yeah. Now it's a Thousand Hills. And then there's Andre. Mm. And uh, yeah, so those are the three. And then there's also Mainstream is uh, is an oh. old since then's boy in Lanceria next to yeah. Brendan. So so it's quite a few of us uh, okay. around. Yeah, must have been a really boring maths teacher. <laughs> or something. It was a Methodist school, you know. I had to <laughs> find something to get out of uh, out of that. But yeah, so so Brendan showed me what uh, to how to do a bit of home brewing and I. But what what triggered this interest? Oh, it's, uh, I mean, Mandy, my wife, just said to me that I I have to find some other interest as I uh, get older because I've I seem to have a, a very short attention span and she said as I get more and more uh, towards retirement and, and yeah. maybe tired of medicine which is my day job that maybe as we retired we could run a brew pub somewhere in some countryside little village and, yeah. and so the the kind of search began about uh, four or five years ago we were yeah. going to places like Tilbach and uh, I mean, she happened to find a little village called Grayton in uh, in, the, in the Western Cape, mm. uh, just 90 minutes outside Cape Town. A very strange little village that seems to have been captured in time about from about 100 years yeah. ago. And uh, we found a 1850 memorial house. And uh, Mandy, who's my wife, very cleverly saw the potential for converting this tiny little spot into a brewery. And many people came and said, this this can never happen. And Mandy sat and designed it. And we managed to get a little 400 liter brew a brew brew house into the um, into the place. And, and obviously, that took a bit of time to get all the planning and the the aesthetics committee and to get uh, all the people from uh, heritage involved and the Grayton's Auxiliary Crochet Society had to come and give us the okay. So it was quite a, a process <laughs> yeah. uh, to say the least, but but eventually that got passed and then it was waiting for the license, which uh, also is a long and boring story in of itself, but it yeah. took about a good three, four years, wow. including a a ship coming from China. Yeah. And at that stage, the the um, the exchange rate seemed to be uh, it seemed to favour getting the equipment from China, and yeah. I think a few people have done that. Um, uh, I, th I think Andre from uh, Woodstock also got a Chinese yeah. brewery in, and it uh, just seemed to it was just a lot cheaper than getting yeah. local guys to do it. And, and yeah, and then eventually we started uh, being able to brew and sell in, in November, which is. When last year, which was when we started, mm. yeah. So from from the day you decided on Greater until last year, how long was it? Uh, from uh, it was from from when we decided and. 
bought uh, the place, which was at about 2012 to okay. about 2016. So it was a good three or four years before we mm. uh, eventually got uh, the thing up and running. So and then you uprooted your wife and you moved down to Cape Town. Yeah, well, my stepchildren had grown up and uh, mm. we had a place in uh, in Seapoint, so we decided to relocate here and I, I set up another practice in uh, Rondebosch. And, and yeah. so I do, as I say to... Uh, Anyone who will listen, I do nirkis in the during the week and birkis on the weekend. So <laughs> that's my that's nirkis and birkis is my life at the moment. Yeah. And hopefully the birkis start uh, becoming more prominent. Unfortunately, my my examination couch in uh, in uh, in, in uh, Rondebosch is is full of a of a couch. Uh, a blood pressure machine and about 10 kegs and boxes of beer which is a little <laughs> bit uh, worrying I'm sure for some of my patients yeah you, you might have to apply for a distribution liquor license <laughs> for that in my, in my examination yeah. Ca- room yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody from the liquor authorities is listening they might have reached you <laughs> Uh, but it's a, but but the one thing that we were fortunate with is that we weren't paying a rental. We were we had an operating hotel and B and B there. So and, that and was you, yeah. you converted that fairly quickly, or was it already it, operating? It wasn't op- uh, that was already operating uh, the B and B and the restaurant part. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel so sorry for these people who have a dream of getting a brewery. Mm. They find a location and then they have to sit and wait for a year, year and a half and for pay. the license uh, to come through. So yeah. that that can be quite an expensive exercise before before you start uh, being able to turn out your first beer yeah and a lot of them start brewing and obviously have to toss the beer yeah theoretically I don't know, some some down the drain some down some people's throats for yeah. i mean we we were able to brew for a couple of months uh, where we didn't have our license yet so we were theoretically giving the beer away which mm. i think is slightly kind of skating on thin ice it could yeah. be seen to be trading but uh, yeah. we weren't getting money for the beer yeah. and, and I heard of somebody in, in Aussie who who didn't have a license and he brewed and he charged the people for the, the price of the ingredients and he gave them another invoice for his time <laughs> I mean that seems a little bit uh, sneaky yeah. I don't think the excise guys would be uh, thrilled to hear of that arrangement yeah, well, but, uh, but I think I think that waiting for the license is, is what uh, causes a lot of uh, upset for the community and, yeah. and it just seems nonsensical in a climate where we're trying to grow small businesses yeah. and, I mean that's the common complaints I'm sure you get from all your brewer friends mm. Holger, that, uh, that, that it just takes Red so tape. long yeah, and, and it's and it's unnecessary yeah. red ta- tape a lot of the time. I mean, they could they could for like a charge a lot more taxes and yeah, you know, yeah, just do it quickly. If and you want, if you want to get your license quickly, jump to the queue, and this is you pay an extra. Absolutely, whatever. and 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 also start getting drawing excise from. I mean, yeah. we, every business that's up and running is contributing to the to the burst so, so yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing that it takes so long I mean I mean, part of the red tape was we had to send our recipes to the Department of Agriculture Forests and Fisheries I'm yeah. not sure what the hell they do with that uh, recipe yeah. but it just, it just doesn't seem to make just sense just procedure yeah okay and um, the your team that runs the BNB? So I've got, uh, <clears throat> because I work in Cape Town and Grayton's yeah. about 90 minutes away, I've had to hire brewers to 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 do to be uh, proxies for me and I've, I've, uh, 
I've been lucky. I've had some very good guys that have come through. Unfortunately, we're a small business, so I'm on my in my in in a years of operating. I'm I'm already on my fourth brewer, wow. but I'm I'm pleased to say each of the brewers be who've uh, left have gone on to bigger yeah. projects, and and we're very proud uh, that we've been a stepping stone okay. for them to go into places like uh, Lily Patrick mm. and uh, Franschuk uh, Brewing Company, okay. uh, which is partly owned by Ruben Ruffel. Yeah. Um, they making some very nice beer with the, with the help of a very, yeah, the OPA and also their porter. Delicious, delicious. So we, we've, we've made friends uh, out of these new breweries that have stolen yeah. my brewers. And then um, the, uh, the, so, so, and the, the other, uh, so, so it's, been, it's been a learning experience and, and there, there, there are a group of people out there looking for brewing jobs and we've uh, I've, I've found very, very good guys. Yeah. And I've, I've got an assistant there. I've recently had to hire some marketing guys and my latest marketing guy was was chapsed by Black Jack, Jack Black, so so that that's the way it goes. Mm. I think it's a it's a mobile community of people that yeah. are are looking for better and bigger breweries all the time. Okay, and in your in your day job, do you have a big team there? Uh, there there's uh, in in the medicine or the the the, the, the birkis or the nirkis. In the nirkis. <laughs> in the nirkis, it's just uh, myself and a secretary. Uh, okay, I'm in the the nirkis is easy. You have a you have a a, a pen and a stethoscope and that's it you're ready to go that's yeah. not like a brewing where you've got to put a down payment of millions before you up and running yeah i mean you to start anything small you kind of need at least a, a couple of million and at least a couple of years to get your license yeah. so so but medicine's easier much but, easier but moving your practice to cape town must also i mean that must have been disruptive yeah it was but it's uh, i've um, it's been um, worthwhile. It's, uh, how, do you, it's how do you get new customers, referrals from... <laughs> yeah, from, from I mean, the, the good thing about beer is that it's actually good for kidneys. It doesn't affect your yeah. kidneys uh, adversely at all. It's, no, it's actually... I mean, where do, where do I, I've, got, I've, had, to, I've had to go and meet GPs yeah. and make and friends with GPs. Sh- and yeah. did you use your beer influence? Then? No, it's very difficult to use the beer <laughs> influence. Although beers, are, beers do prevent uh, kidney stones. So it's a... It's yeah. a Beers are good for kidneys, not good for livers and... Uh, yeah, you could have used all that beer in the first year to market your, your practice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly, but it's... Uh, no, that's also starting to, two years down the line, starting to get up and running. Okay. So it's, 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 as I say, I spend my weeks in the practice in Cape Town and then on the weekends try and get out into the yeah. country and, and, uh, and help design recipes and improve on our current uh, recipes. Uh, I mean... The, the thing that everyone talks about is consistency. Yeah. I found that's been that's been quite a challenge as uh, as as your natural supplies, your grains and your hops kind of dry up from time to time. You've got to make uh, substitutes, and okay. it's very difficult for small operators like ourselves to keep that consistency. Yeah. So, and it's been a, an evolving process as as we've got to where we are, and we've still got a long, long way to go. Hopefully. Mm. But we're just grateful to have survived the first uh, the kind of 12 months and hopefully hopefully can continue to improve, yeah. How much beer do you think you can eventually sell in Grayton? I, I, th- I think, you Not know, we're lucky... on site, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that... Um, 
Well, the, 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 what, as what everyone says is that the, the, the way to stay afloat is mm. to have a brew pub and yeah. to be able to cut out the middlemen and sell your product directly from the tank mm. to the tap. Um, and, uh, you can take an example of the Prince where his family owns a beer garden in Munich that can seat 8,000 people. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the entire population of, <laughs> of Greaton <of> <laughs> times two. It's, a, it's got about a 4,000 uh, resident population yeah. that swells to about 5,000 on the weekends. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, we are small. We can seat about 100 people okay, uh, during yeah. a rugby game and, uh, yeah. and, and, and hopefully make it uh, a wash with beer. But we can, so we, we, we've, we're selling now on average around about 3,000 liters, but I want to start improving on that and start increasing sales in uh, mm. Hermanus and in and Cape Town itself. And that, that, uh, you know, that, that involves a lot of uh, long hours and I mean, everyone knows the tap wars and how, mm. how bloody they can the be. tap wars, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's an interesting word. I mean, we, we talk of the beer wars of the 1970s and uh, for anyone in this country yeah for anyone interested look for uh, look out for the the interview with Manfred Huff Manfred was working for the Ruperts they right. started a brewery and right. he was involved in the beer wars I think he, he eventually had about 20% or 30% of the South African beer market my goodness eh? and then the Ruperts and SAB did a share swap and yeah. they got Stellenbosch Farmers Winery and they closed the brewery right right Cronenbroi 1308 Good. Okay, I remember that very well. You the remember the brand. with the horse, uh, the horse-drawn uh, beer yeah. cart and everything. And yeah, that, that was the beer wars, and now we got the tap wars. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. It's, uh, it's, but it's true. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult to go into a pub that's already gotten a, a relationship yeah. with. Uh, and then a lot of these so-called craft uh, breweries have now become quite big boys. You know, mm. the big three in Cape Town. It's quite difficult to elbow them out of your yeah. out of the tap. Uh, out of the tap lineup when they, they they've got access to to uh, coolers and chillers and taps and yeah. umbrellas and uh, God knows what else so, yeah. so it's a tricky war and um, you know I think um, the, the, the one podcast that I really enjoyed of yours was with uh, Alan Melville mm. from um, Red Rock and and uh, he always uh, pays pays uh, credit to Hermanus Brewing uh, yeah. company and the, the way that they have kind of not tried to go national mm. or even into Cape Town they've they've flooded the Hermanus market they they've uh, they produce a brilliant uh, award-winning lager uh, and and uh, you know that that's that's what we're trying to do we're trying to just uh, stay Hermanus and um, mm. and Cape Town and, and kind of flood that little section of so the end too. Greater than Hermanus? Uh, it's about uh, half an hour down the most okay. beautiful drive, the yeah. Himmel and Arda Valley, past oh, some of the most okay. beautiful wine farms, creation and mm. uh, and uh, uh, Bouchard Felissen, where we're trying to get some of our barrels to start playing with uh, barrel-aged beer. So so I, I think we're lucky that, we've got, that I work in uh, Cape Town and I can try and <clears throat> infiltrate that market to mm. some extent. And uh, my my staff in in Greaton can get into Hermanus, mm. and we slowly slowly getting in there into some of those harbour yeah. harbour restaurants. Okay. And I think the whole thing is is about relationship yeah. building. And and you know, I mean, you'll you'd know that better than anyone, Holger. I mean, you are you. If if there's ever a beer question on our <laughs> WhatsApp chat group, 
I always say, what the hell does HM say? I mean, <laughs> Holger Meyer always knows. So, so it's about building up these yeah. uh, relationships and, and having the confidence that your customers will maybe defend you in the, in the yeah. tap wars. And, and I mean, I respect that. And I, I think that's a big plus where you have it immediately caught on to it. And I must say, somebody else who's been brilliant with that is Glenn from Six Dogs. Yes, from yes. From the distillery. So Glenn's an old since to then's boy. Oh, is he? Very, we, we've got uh, nice uh, alcohol yeah. uh, guys in uh, since to then's. And, and, and Glenn is also from uh, Grayton. Yeah. Well, he's got a house in Grayton. Yeah. So I know Glenn very well. They've done yeah. extremely well. But what I want to say is, if I give Glenn a tip, Mm. He's onto it like a dog, or like six dogs. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He, he takes a dip and he makes something. He makes a sale. Yeah. And you've done the same. I mean, <coughs> I, we mentioned Tony to you, and you were in yeah. there with within. And tell us that. So well, Tony. I mean, everyone in Cape Town knows Tony yeah. da Costa. I mean, he's a legend in the in the craft uh, beer scene, together with uh, Marnie and. Uh, and so, so you, you tell mean, us you, about the one incident, your first tasting there. At uh, oh my God, I was uh, st- I was standing there in the in the in the liquor store on a Saturday uh, afternoon with, your with my no, no, without <laughs> the stethoscope, but trying to look like a beer seller of and in at the same time. In the first five minutes, in walked a colleague and said, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. And then five minutes later, a patient walked in and said, also, what the hell are you doing here? So I said, yeah. so it's a little bit, there is a little bit of embarrassment yeah. uh, from time to time. But, uh, but beer is very forgiving, I guess, <laughs> or beer people. Yes, but uh, I must say what's, what's always been fascinating to me is how generous uh, the beer community are. They... They, I don't know if they just consume too much of their product, but yeah. they're all such nice people, as you will yeah. attest. Uh, it's such generosity of spirit, the way they share uh, secrets and brewing tips and recipes, yeah. and uh, and I've never I've never come across a brewer who's kind of. Uh, been uh, nasty or, yeah. or ungenerous, if there's such a word. So, yeah. so and 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 you yourself uh, would fit into that category. <laughs> so it's it's been a it's been a very it's a very nice community. It almost feels I mean to use a the family. cliche like a family. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you don't get to that WhatsApp group of uh, of ours, uh, you, next thing you look there, a hundred uh, hundred fifty missed messages. <laughs> so it's 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 yeah. very active. Yeah. You, two things. Uh, you said you stalked Brendan, you stalked me, and on your, on <laughs> I did your stalk birthday, you. yes, <laughs> I was. That I was is our first beer together on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, and I think I bought it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so. And more importantly, you bought another copy of my book. So yes, I yes, it, yes. Which which made it worth my while. I checked into just uh, to to tell the listeners. I checked into um, what uh, Liquor City in what is it called? Uh, they're in uh, Broadacres. Broadacres. Yeah, yeah, and, in four ways. And then I get a message from Trevor saying, hey, <laughs> let's <laughs> No, meet. you mustn't, you must be careful what you put on Facebook. Uh, you let's can't slip into, yeah. <laughs> you can't slip into my neighborhood without uh, me yeah. knowing. But uh, yeah, and, and, ever, and I've been encouraging you to update that book ever since yeah. then. Yeah, of course. You want to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, but that, that's been a, I mean, that's been a tremendous journey. That must have been a tremendous journey for you and seeing how the numbers have increased over the last five years of, of breweries in, in the country. It's got a bit overwhelming because you don't really, because you see the brands in the bottle stores, or at least that's where I see them, or on social media, and you don't really know if it's a brewery or if it's just a brand. Yes. And uh, I think at this stage, 
there's so many brands that you're really just trying to understand who who makes what and where. Yeah. You know, what is authentic and what is... Well, what I is think most of those brands on the shelf are authentic mm. and they come from a, a geographic location mm. with a, a, a team, a kind of husband and wife team yeah. or a, a, you know, a group of mates or two mm. oaks to use a, a brand's uh, name yeah. and, and, and they, are, are, they are authentic. There are a few uh, uh, contract uh, beers yeah. out there uh, but, but they seem to me to be done with uh, great sincerity yeah. and authenticity as yeah. well. So, so the, the, the only thing with this burgeoning uh, craft beer scene is, is the, I suppose the quality control and I was yeah. speaking with uh, one of the, the, the Cape Town uh, guys, high, you know, quite well known in the beer circles here, Troy May yesterday, mm. about how that how that transpires into quality control, and you know, as these things get bigger and bigger, and uh, Pware has always been a big proponent of quality control. Um, I think it probably is important. It just needs to be handled very carefully. You have to be careful who you set up as the arbitrators of mm. quality it's no good having uh, a brewer being the kind of grand jedi master yeah. of quality and and he's he's kind of kicking his competitors in the teeth simply yeah. to to make it uh, expedient and 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 um so so it is important and i mean for example the thing that always amazes me with the craft beer that's major, there are many, many craft beers that have, haven't got a, a date of expiry or a date, which is, is bizarre. I mean, it's a living product that's decaying from the shelf. Yeah. So, so there, there, there is a long way to go in the, in the, in the local market. So, but I'm sure this is replicated all over the world. I'm sure the sure. States has the same problem. Yeah. I see they're getting a label now that they put on there saying independent. We're in the States. In the States, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure... I suppose I suppose uh, breweries like Sam Adams are now no longer considered craft breweries uh, well, in inverted commas. In the states they are, and they're much bigger than <coughs> somebody like Vintook. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so but but I th I think our local craft beer, I agree with a peewee. It could it could uh, start self-regulating mm. perhaps and protect the consumer because yeah. we've all had that uh, rotten. Uh, unintended sour beer that that uh, mm. needs to possibly be improved uh, upon. So so that that's the the issues. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, you speak about marketing. I mean, or, or social media earlier. I yeah. Mean, imagine having to launch a brewery without social media. Yeah, I don't know. The social media thing is a two-edged sword. I mean, I I try and uh, play in the social media space mm. it used to be easy in the, about three years ago you just had to be on Facebook yeah. uh, but now you've got to be on Facebook then you've got to, and then came Twitter and now you've got Instagram so, so there's these little echo chambers of people who like beer tweeting to other people who like their beer and then yeah. retweeting the tweet that was retweeted by yeah. the retweeter so I'm, I don't know how how successful that is in uh, spreading the word. I don't know what you feel. No, I don't think, I mean, I think for me, Facebook, I think still works nicely sure. because um, although if you're using a page, it's obviously harder, you know, Facebook yeah. makes it disappear. They want your money. Yes. Um, but if you, I mean, if you, like, and I, and I always laugh about Tony Da Costa at uh, Liquor City Claremont. I met yeah. his nephew once in Pretoria who owns a bottle store there at Tops. And he said, has my uncle gone mad? I said, why? 
said, I, th- he, he said, I think he's got into his midlife crisis. I said, what, what are you talking about? He says, he's on Facebook. I said, do you know how successful Tony is on Facebook? Yeah. And, he, and he's been really successful. He has. And so, so have we at, at Hillcrest Tops because the whole community is built around yeah. Facebook. I, I mean, I think there's, there's a place for Twitter and there's a place yeah. for all the other things. But I think you must just choose one and... And do where you're comfortable with where your friends are and your community and yeah. your community. So someone said to me, uh, Facebook has been stolen by our by the old farts, the by our parents, and yeah. that all the cool kids are now on Instagram. And yeah. uh, I mean, we're sitting here at a Banana Jam Cafe, mm. and a guy who showed me kind of showed that to me, who's who's somewhere between the cool kid and old fart yeah. uh, spectrum, is old Greg Casey. Um, he he's very active on Instagram, and I think all the young kind of twenty somethings are out there Instagramming pictures of themselves with their favorite beers, and yeah. uh, so so I think I just I'm not you reaching the people who you you know. Uh, it, it becomes a little bit of an echo chamber as yeah. I've said but we, we try and be active yeah. uh, and it's probably educating the public you know people are now I mean since I've got into this game in the last five years there's certainly beers that I've never heard of that are becoming more and more commonplace you know yeah. for example imperial Russian stouts that have been yeah. barrel aged you, you would never have heard of that five yeah. years ago and those are becoming kind of if, if you don't have a barrel in your brewery you look like a bit of a, a useless bugger you know you gotta you gotta barrel up barrel up buddy you gotta yeah. get you know so it's it, it is getting it is getting more and more interesting um mm. Marnie from uh, Rulon Street, who's been a crusader of the craft scene for many, many years, I suppose, 10 years or so. Mm. He said, you know, the craft beer scene is possibly becoming a little bit stale and dull now, and gin is where it's at. Mm. And I can see what he's saying. You know, you spoke about Glenn Bryant and his uh, mm. delicious uh, blue six dogs gin. But but I think I think I think it's becoming more and more interesting and refined, and there are many mm. people out there who are doing very interesting things. So mm. I, I think there was, I think there's a long way to go still, and, and many interesting areas to delve into. And it's also it depends on the market. I mean, if you running a, a speciality store like Ruland Liquors or Hillcrest Tops, yeah, you certainly have to find the newest and the most innovative bottle. Beer yeah, and have that for your customers, like the Devil's Peak with the limited yes. uh, ranges. But if you're running your own brew pub in Grayton, people are happy just to chill out with a good lager or something. Yes, yes. Um, and the more speciality beers, uh, people will want those occasionally, and especially if you're at a place like Banana Jam. Again, people will go for the extreme beers. Yeah, but I think Castle Lager is probably Castle Light is probably still one of his Your big best, sellers. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure people still want session beers. And interesting, I was in, in at a talk in in Munich the other day, and they said in the States and in Germany, so the German market is different to the the United States, but it's definitely turning towards session availability in the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, where people have said. You know, it's been as hoppy as it can be. It's been as yeah. strong as it can be. Let's enjoy. Let's session drink. Uh, and session. then summer. I mean, summer's about beer, and, and uh, there's nothing better than a a nice uh, kind of light, fluffy, almost tasteless lager. But yeah. but to make that product is surprisingly so, difficult. I mean, yeah. these 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 uh, ales with all their big flavors are 
a, a lot easier, I yeah. think, to... I mean, obviously there's room for... But you can hide a lot of uh, mistakes in an yeah. ale compared okay. to a lager. So so it's it's uh, it's very easy to to be critical of lagers, but those yeah. are the difficult beers to, to make. And I'm, I'm sure you're right, it's going to turn towards sessionability and drinkability, especially in our climate yeah. now. And in Germany as well, so so the, there it's um, definitely lighter beers. Yeah. I mean, obviously Castle Light is doing well here, but the Germans just want to drink the whole day. Yes. And they want, but they like drinking beer, so but they want to yeah. drink for a long time and they'll they don't like the three, four percent uh, range and the and the the, the, the light and sessionable, as yeah. you say. So today yeah. I saw Erdinger uh, uh, bringing in a Sommerweiser, which is a lighter, hoppier okay. wheat beer, and uh, which is just for the summer, yeah. I guess. And yeah. And that would do well in Germany. I don't know how well it would do here because people here, if, if I want to buy Erdinger, I want the probably want the original. Yes, the Weiss, Yeah. Um, but if not, I not, not a, a lighter version of that. Yeah. Yeah. But but, uh, but it's that's an interesting uh, new development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, it, uh, it'll it'll go through phases, I'm mm. sure. And and with the, I mean, how many how many craft breweries do you reckon there are now? Must be 200, 250 Easy. in the country, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be collapses and new ones and amalgamations yeah. and buyouts and uh, absorptions. Definitely the, buyouts. The, I mean, I think Heineken. Woke up with a Grootskrik and they realized, oh, who's, who's for sale? And they quickly bought Stellenbrauer and yep. Soweto with real money. Yeah. I mean, that's proper money that they paid for those businesses or those brands. Absolutely. And I'm sure they're going to acquire a few more. And then I don't know if SAB will retaliate, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I like the I like the way the SAB, AB, and Bev have gone now with the. the I mean, they fostered their own craft uh, uh, initiatives with the Franson streets mm. and the and the the, the new the newlands and I, I think some of them are those beers are, are very good so I, I like the way that they've built them mm. themselves in-house without just kind of looking around in a boardroom and flashing up PowerPoint <laughs> slides of uh, breweries up for sale yeah. although who, who would uh, not want to sell their yeah. brewery to the the big boys yeah but it's also amazing some of how big some of these craft breweries have become in the last two, three years. Yeah. You know, how, how massive uh, the Devil's Peaks and the CBCs and Allen's uh, magnificent brewery in, uh, yeah. up in Joburg. Uh, it's, it's, uh, they really are getting quite uh, big there. But I suppose their, their percentage of the pie remains uh, minuscule. One, one, two, three yeah. percent, I would imagine, at most. Yeah. And, and I don't think they find it easy. No. To, no. to penetrate the market, I think Red Rock has got uh, the sales force from DGB is a hundred reps, and but that's a big people. that's a big army of uh, people to. So the problem I think is that they're a hundred wine salesmen, and wi- selling wine is something different that, that I struggle with. Yeah, um, I can sell four cousins pink rosé. Yeah, to the Zulus, which I did very successfully, but I can't <laughs> sell. <laughs> anything else oh really yeah it's, yeah. it's a different you need different market mentality you need to understand how the market works yeah, yeah. and somebody like Tony understands Tony De Costa has got a magnificent wine section and if he shows it to me I go blank yeah. I switch off it, it, too much it's like being bol- you're selling nuts and bolts yeah, yeah but if he takes me to the gin section or the beer section I can you can find your way and uh, understand exactly it yeah, yeah. 
So. I mean, he's very, uh, what Tony says there, he, said he, he took me down the shelves one day, he kindly let us into mm. his shop like, like you did, and he took me down the rows of uh, craft beer there. Uh, you know, I mean, it must be difficult, we were talking about this the other day, you know, it must be so difficult having all these hundreds of craft beer mm. beers in your, rest, in your, in your bottle store that, that must uh, pass their expiry date and start going a little bit fraught. Yeah. I mean, there, there must be a little bit of dumping along the yeah. way. But, but Tony was just saying, you know, look at all these bottles. They all kind of look different, but they all look the same. You've yeah. got to have some way of standing out here. And that's, yeah. It's a challenge. It's quite difficult. I don't know what you need to do with your beer to make it stand out on the shelf so that uh, Joe Soap comes and picks your bottle above the, yeah. uh, the Devil's Peak and the, um, and, the, and the CBC, which is an established quality brand you know yeah. that, that's that's earned what, their stripes over many years i think it's the experience i mean look at somebody like notties you know if you have yes. a good experience in, in 21 years on the location 21 years uh, this year but how many people from Joburg or from durban have got you know they love going to the midlands and yeah they love stopping there stopping there for a pint whether they are at beer fossil and i think if you can achieve that with grayton yeah um, this is the beer that I had in Grayton, and people tell me about the the, um, the lo- old harbour lager from Hermanus. Yeah. And they said to me, "Oh, if I could only get this beer in Durban," and I say, "Oh, really?" Yeah. Nobody bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they don't expect. Nobody expects to yeah. find it there. And, yeah. And it's the same with Mitchells. I mean, if how many years people wanted to drink that beer in, in Neisner? Yep. And not in Joburg. Yep. Yep. And they've been through their ups and downs yeah. as well, haven't they? Yeah, I, I suppose it is. I mean, and that's, an, and that's what we are trying to capture some kind of country mm. uh, experience. We, we're sitting in the heart of the Bali district. We, we controversially have stuck with uh, SAB Bali in spite of what okay. a lot of people saying. It's, uh, it's, you know, the over-imported Bali's, the malts are so much superior. We, we've had, uh, we, we quite like the, the, the Bali from our local area and we like the, the hops from George and, and we've, yeah. we've tried to stay as uh, South African as possible and, and, and uh, keep it as local as possible. Mm. But we are trying to create that, uh, uh, what, what's it, provenance or terroir, that beer terroir of, uh, of local barley in the country and yeah. this fresh country beer kind of thing but the the marketing we're not a marketing team it's it's me and uh, Mandy my wife and my team Leon who's on site uh, to tender we found a magnificent uh, Zimbabwean brewer who oh. came down and uh, he said to me I've got all three of my IBD exams uh, similar to not too many people in this country yeah. they're not uh, many fully qualified brewers who've done yeah. that IBD exam so so we took him on and he's uh, he's doing extremely nicely for us so okay but it, we are a small team it's difficult mm. to to make a little niche and thank god for the the Marnies and the yeah. and the Tonys and a few other uh, craft bottle stores that are springing up and you Hillcrest have always been magnificent mm. uh, you've been very kind to many 
people and filled your shells with whatever we <laughs> put in that pallet and send down the, the, the into towards Hillcrest. I mean, you're, I've, just, I've still got to come and visit your shop, but it's rated highly by, <laughs> as the best by many people. Yeah. So, so thank. I mean, thank a big thank you to people <laughs> like uh, yourselves. So this weekend, you're gonna are you gonna get in your car and drive to? So this weekend, I'm uh, getting in my car, and uh, as I said to the crew, I'll drive 500 miles and then another 500 miles to get to Elby and uh, to Midlands there, and go to the Africa Brew, which is a kind of uh, camp where brewers yeah. brew and. Uh, and 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 there's there's quite a nice program there. Uh, the organizer is going to do a, a, a beer roast with me, so she's going to take my IPA and pull it apart and tell me how I can make it better. And I okay. look forward to that. And who's at Albi? Yes, okay. yes. So she's going to put the stilettos on my on my uh, I don't know on my on my, on my body and then uh, try and tell me how to make a better beer and I, I think those are, are good experiences to, to be critiqued and yeah. uh, to try and improve and especially there'll be some BJCP uh, people in attendance and, and I look forward to learning that I'm not BJCP trained I kind of like what I like but uh, I think there's lots to be learned from yeah. gatherings like this yeah tell us about that community because it's it's the warthogs or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, I think there are these uh, clubs. There's the Wertogs, obviously, in Johannesburg, and the South Easters down here in Cape Town. I think the Wertogs started first. Yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, and, and a lot of it was done at uh, uh, people like uh, uh, Gilroy's. Uh, mm. uh, you know, there's so many pioneers in this business that yeah. have, have set the ship afloat. But but I think there's just a, a, a great uh, camaraderie amongst all brewers. If you if you if you say to a Brewer, uh, I'm also a brewer. You can immediately see a there's little. A yeah, there's a, is a kinship. That's a, mm. It sounds corny, but there is a kind of medieval yeah. kinship. And uh, I, I see this as, as as we were talking. You know, there is this um, move to try and get a guild. I mean, I even like that word guild. It yeah. talks of a an ancient, ancient brother, ancient yeah, brother or sistership yeah. of uh, crafting uh, yeah. the beer. And, and and hopefully that starts uh, t- taking root now. Yeah. But I, I just they they need to be very careful about what they ta- they need to have a very specific aim and not be too broad in their yeah. ob- their their objectives because I think that will fail. But uh, but uh, let's see how it goes. It's it's admirable that it's uh, that there are even attempts at mm. that. Okay, I can see that your beer is empty. And <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to go dry in November, Holger? I'm going dry in November. <laughs> you're a month late. <laughs> November's impossible. It's the party season. <laughs> it's the party season. Maybe I'm, I'm how, wrong. How do, how do you see the beer, in, in the, the, the local industry evolving I, over the last kind of uh, five years? Well, I think... Has it improved or... People look from from a retailing point of view. People like Hillcrest and uh, Liquor City, Claremont, and Ruland were gathering, and we were trying to get every single beer that we could onto our shelves and yeah. offer it. I think the important thing for the small, for those sort of retailers, is they want to offer something that nobody it's else new. can offer. So if it's if Darling and Devil's Peak are doing big deals through pick and pay, there, there's no real attraction for, for these guys to yeah. to punt those brands so there's always an opportunity for the small brands and I think the, and I've noticed it in, in Cape Town now there's definitely 
you go you go to Wood, Woodstock Liquors, yeah, and the guy says, definitely the people want to drink local craft beers, right? So I think that is, for example, in Germany, and I had this lovely discussion with Florian, who's a Bavarian. He he works at the Triple Three Distillery, where he walked into old Christops and said, show me the local beers. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to scatter and think, oh, sh- you know, what's yeah, we've close? got everything from Cape Town, yeah. and Joburg. And, and of course, we stock the local beers, but that is so typical Germany. The German always yes. supports the local beer. You don't expect ninety-nine bottles on the shelf. You don't expect twenty taps. You just want what yes, is local. What is yeah. local? And I think, I think it's an important thing, and I think the retail trade must embrace that. Yeah, and just. Push local. Push local, branded local, and we certainly want to do that in KZN. Yeah. We're starting to talk to the, the, the local brewers uh, and say, let's, let's hold hands, let's do a local marketing yep. initiative. And, and we do that with no harm intended to the, the, no. the other, other brands, but I think it's important that the retailers um, support local. Yeah. And I mean, it's like these top restaurants. I mean, they, everything is about, uh, they talk about locavores. I mean, everything must come from the area. Yeah. It must be local, yeah. your vegetables and your beer as well. It's a vegetable of sorts, yeah. I imagine. And, and nowhere in, in Europe or in Germany is somebody proud to drink a Heineken. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And here we, 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 we love the brand, the, the green yeah. bottle. And uh, it's, it's, it's nearly like a... We have a complex, you know. We, yep. It's better to buy something from 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 uh, from overseas. Yeah, <laughs> the great South African inferiority yeah. complex. Yeah, and even further to go to the market and buy it from the brewer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I used to get up, go to the Shangweni brewery and buy beer from Robson's and Shangweni at twenty-five rand a bottle instead yeah. of thirty-nine at the at the bottle store. And uh, it's a you know you, you speak to the brewer you interact with you, the brewer yeah and it's the same for for a lot of produce but I think that's that's probably the future yeah but then people want variety and they want to walk into a location and yeah just be overwhelmed by by the the, the variety on display yeah. but I mean hopefully that that does become more and more of a thing where people yeah. stay local I, th- I think you yeah. possibly are right there yeah yeah and I think that's that's a good trend and. Um, and again, for you, I think the tip is sell as much as you can in, in your pub yeah. and get the local involvement. And I want to credit you because I think it's do collabs like you've done with Greg. When I saw you yeah. and Greg on Facebook doing stuff, yeah. grab the guys, drive them to your brewery and say, let's do something. Yeah. And uh, I think that's an exciting um, opportunity. No, I mean, uh, Greg Casey, what can you say about him? Oh, God, as he walked in. <laughs> but uh, th- th- that has been, uh, you know, we had a fantastic uh, time uh, th- then uh, when we did that collab. And, and another g- g- big, uh, strong, enthusiastic community are the home brewers. Yeah. I mean, we've had some fantastic uh, collaborations mm. with them that, that have been tremendous fun. And they, they're not scared to to pull something out of the mm. bag and do a garlic-flavored lager. Or, I mean, I'm exaggerating. But, they but don't have to sell it. <laughs> they don't have to sell it, and they 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 got small uh, twenty liter systems. But that yeah. that enthusiasm is is uh, is so nice to harvest and and, yeah. and to to get uh, to get interesting beers out of. Yeah. Mm. Talk about Greg. So I showed him a, a rum from 
KwaZulu-Natal and he immediately said, I want to go to that distillery and brew beer in their distillery. Yeah, and with their barrels. And put my beer in their barrel. Absolutely. And I'll sell the rum here and they must sell my beer. And I think that's a creativity Fantastic. that the small guys need yeah, to that's do. That's what uh, Greg's uh, very good at. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that keeps things exciting and, and, and also then market it locally again. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's been a wonderful time chatting to you. Let's let's just people can find you at Old Potters. Yes, so we're on Old Potters on all the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, web address, okay. uh, and we out in Grayton, ninety minutes from Cape Town, up the road from Hermanus. Uh, it's a beautiful part of the world, the Overberg. Uh, we'd love to sit down and have a beer with you. We've been. So privileged to have many brewers walk through our doors. Alan himself uh, mm. often comes to Hermanus. Okay. Uh, the two oaks have been there. Uh, Dani Udendal, uh, to name but a few. Greg. So we've uh, we've had a jaw. We've enjoyed it. I'll take a photo of you. <laughs> Thank, and thanks for the opportunity, Holger. <laughs> You're aiming to do a, a podcast today. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. <laughs> it's going to be a long month. Yeah. Enjoy. Cheers. Thanks, man.